0: One, two, three, four. Hey y'all, it's Seba, the Southern Fried Witch. And it is the night after our Ostara gathering. And so now you get hungover, Seba. (laughs) Honestly, did not drink that much at all. But it was like that, you know, extended sipping on wine from six o'clock to roughly uh, midnight. (laughs) Maybe there were only three glasses in there. I want to believe that anyway. Um... But yeah, I'm exhausted and still have to podcast and wanted to be here for y'all today. We had a wonderful night last night. You know, we were just coming out of a horrible surprise freeze that was not a surprise to anybody that was watching the weather. I, on the other hand, have been paying attention to the week before and missed that this one was coming. And so what I did was we ran through our tool shed and we found the last of our anti-transparent to don't know if I'm saying that word right and it's it's a wonderful tool and it's only in the case of emergencies but we have had more and more spring emergencies in the last few years and all of our trees broke dormancy and we have babies everywhere so it was very upsetting but if y'all want to look that up and you can spray it on your trees your roses your bushes whatever It keeps the leaves themselves from Losing moisture right before a freeze And I don't know, it's magic baby So look that up if you ever Worried about your own Especially in a sudden freeze But Actually I think you're supposed to do it two days before We did it a day and a half before And it still provided what we needed And we didn't lose any leaves on those But yeah, we were on the tail end Of that last night I warned everybody to go ahead and dress up Warm And they did. That was very good. And we still had our dinner, our Ostara dinner outside, under the beautiful stars out here. And uh, ended it with a huge bonfire. So that was lovely. And as usual, we had too much fun. And now I need an IV and a week in a bed. But it was worth it. And now looking ahead, I don't see any impending freezes, at least as far as... uh, The weather forecast is allowing us to look. We don't see anything, so spring is indeed here in Alabama. And my darling Willow gifted me three sweet little tiny olive trees that are okay for our zone. I've always wanted to have a little grove of olive trees, so that's happening. And I gifted everyone that came elderberry throw the magic upon them, which (laughs) bring elderberry to your yard and you really don't have a choice anymore. But if y'all can handle the sound of my exhausted voice and perhaps a little bit of the sniffle since I stayed up around a fire all night and I'm actually allergic to that. Not that it matters. I'm not going to listen. I'm going to do it anyway. Y'all know me by now. So I'm suffering. But if y'all can handle that, I have a cool idea for a podcast today. And it was actually suggested by one of the bat children uh, from our Patreon. We do have a Facebook group that is only for Patreon members of a certain level. We have a wonderful time over there. It's become a family. It's a very safe and happy space with no drama, which is critical to me. Ugh on that. Don't want anything to do with drama. And she suggested this. I um, often will turn to... (laughs) the SFW family and be like, okay, I don't know what the hell to do. (laughs) They put up with me. I don't know why they put up with me, but they do. And this was one. Y'all ready? So this is things I wish I'd known starting out as a witch. Mm -hmm. Now it's a little harder for me since I've been practicing the craft since, you know, well, let's not discuss it. (laughs) However, Y'all feel free to write in because I really do want to do some more listener stories. And I also want to apologize if I don't get around to your listener story. It could be one of three reasons, honey bunny. The first one, I felt it was private and I wanted to keep that letter to myself. I can be like that sometimes. The second reason is maybe it's not appropriate to an idea I have for what's the upcoming content. You know, I can have an idea and the themes are already set. I'm crazy busy and I'll read it. I'll love on it and then I'll move on. The third reason is as a podcaster, I have a very strong filter on my email. And often I have to remember to do it. It'll be like a month in and I'll go look through all those extra folders. You know, those creepy ones that make no sense like promotions or social or whatever, even spam, and I will find y'all like five listener letters that I did not know about. And the time has passed and then I say, I'm sorry. If for any reason I do not answer your letter on the air, it is not because it wasn't a good letter. And if you put a lot of work into that letter and you didn't get a response, at least from me to say, you know, love ya, thank you, then I've lost it somewhere along the way, so please do write back. However, for the month of April, which, by the way, y'all, is my birthday month, I am an Aries incarnate. Up, down, sideways, my baby toenail is Aries. I wish I wasn't so, I don't know, dead center, but at the same time, I've learned to accept who I am. And so, for my birthday month, I wish that you would send me letters that would well first of all be able to be read on the air at least impartial and second of all focus on what you wish you'd known starting out as a witch okay so throw those at me especially y'all old timers come on let's get this in if i don't get any letters y'all you'll never hear about it again (laughs) so (laughs) sometimes the letters just don't come all right y'all ready Number one, and I didn't do ten things. Uh, I think the sweet uh, patron that wrote this into to me. I didn't do ten. I did thirteen. I love thirteen, I like the number. So we did thirteen. Number one, faith and your magic comes with time. We need to talk about that one. I don't want to go too long on it because each one of these could be their own episode. As a witch, what I hear more than anything else from a new witch or even maybe one that's been in the craft for like five, ten years, is I have a problem with my faith. I have a problem believing in my own magic. And most of the time, these folks don't have any issue believing in other people's. So, Avi, this is a confidence issue of some sort. You're going to have to have a lot of confirmation, baby. You're going to have to get a lot of things done, have a lot of experience. It doesn't mean it's not working, but you are going to need that before you believe that it is. Right. And uh, what I'm going to say next is actually going to lead into another point that I wish I'd known. And that is, you know, go ahead and over journal every damn thing. Over record and journal, note every damn thing about this experience. You have no idea how useful it will be later. It may feel like it's um, mundane or just not important at all. And later on, you'll see a pattern. So what we're looking for is patterns in our magic anyway. That's kind of important as a witch to be able to tell what moon you work in really well, um, what time of day, what time of the season, The things that actually built you as a witch or possibly interfered with your craft that you need to be paying attention to. So, journaling, recording, watching for these patterns, they will help you with confirmation and help build that faith. And while I know that blind faith is um, really none of our cup of tea, right? For a thinking witch or even one like me, an academic one. We're not really great with that blind faith bullshit. <laughs> we're just not. So when you do something, say you do a spell that had a certain deadline, a moon that you were expecting to complete for that, and this sounds a little hokey, but do do try it anyway. Build in a confirmation bump somewhere along that way. And don't make it too big, honey. You don't want to be Harry Potter, damn it, that's not even real. But something something confirmational, something that will actually let you know this is the thing you asked for. There was a spell I did a long time ago, and I cannot get into it too deep at all. And it's one that I worked with with the Morgan, So it's also, you know, double secret. But I did ask for a confirmation. Nothing that would be too much, nothing that would be Well, you don't want to ask anything you're working with to do a lot of work for you on top of that. Does that make any sense? Something easy, like on your way out the door, kick me a little dust, you know, because you do want to be able to, I guess, build the faith in yourself. And so it could be very small. I'm not going to tell you what mine was because I've made an agreement when I cast that spell that I would never share the exact terms of it, but... It could be that the color red would be primary in that day. And not just, you know, you see red cars on the road, but somehow make itself revealed to you in this color red. Easy, right? And I thought, well, that'll be, you know, way too evident. I'm already skeptical of my own work. I'm very skeptical. We need to be skeptical to a certain extent because we don't want to believe in things that aren't real. You know, over here building up our ego. But, you know, just that day, someone in my coven who had no idea about my spell or what I was doing gave me a red scarf. And later that night, my partner brought me a red flower. Okay, now we're getting a little bit better at it, right? I get these responses that I built into a spell. And then I decide, was that enough? You know, because then that's like walking on water then you have to, like, let yourself believe <laughs> if it's at all possible. Um, I've done so many things. A certain song needs to play on the radio on that day. You know, a certain bird will make itself known to me out of nowhere. There's all kinds of ways to build in a little bit of confirmation. I think the most important thing that I've learned, and, you know, do you, which do you, but is to not ask the trees, my ancestors, my great mother—I'm a goddess worshipper. To to do extra work, not to go too far. Again, just a little dust kicked up on the way out the door as the spell lands. And you know, it's funny—the one time I really needed it, I asked for something very small. I thought it was very small. Uh, looking back at my wording, it could have been anything from very tiny to very big, but it was very specific. And um, that was the work I did with a Morgan. And you would have thought that I asked for a billboard the way that came through. (laughs) And um, most of the work I do with a Morgan is like that. I'm like, you know, just maybe a crumb and I get 15 loaves of bread. So (laughs) proud of herself and I don't blame her. Wow, that's a lot of power. Fantastic. So these things go into my journal. And these journals are not for other people, which actually brings me to another one. Another thing on this list. Well, let me go ahead and tamp down number two, which is keep a damn journal, y'all. Good job. So number three, some things do indeed need to be secret. Mm -hmm. And there's all kinds of reasons for this, witches. I know. We want to share. We want to talk about it. And most of the time we can. You get a feeling in your chest when you can. You also get a feeling when you can't. Certain energies just do not want you bragging about what they did for you. They don't. It was between the two of you. And uh, I've even seen spells reverse from that kind of activity. I don't have a scientific good reason for that, except maybe the principle of microscopic reversibility. Y'all should look that one up. It's kind of sexy. So that could make sense. I mean, you're out there sharing it, and you don't want that spell reversed. And it's hard, which is also a wonderful exercise anyway, because you need to work on that ego. Well, yeah, what I do with the trees, what I do with my goddess that I keep very close to my chest, what I've done and how it's worked and some of the nuances and movements of those spells are just not for public consumption. And I feel like I take the power away with it when I do it. So do remember that. Do remember that it's okay to have secrets. It is, after all, the craft. If you are in a coven, there's even more responsibility on you to keep certain things close to the chest. And holding that honor is critical, even if you break with people. It's just really bad form to share private, secretive, witchy things just because you got pissed off. I mean, come on, people. There could be a reverberation for that. That's not a good idea. So. Y'all know I've gotten more kickback on this than I think anything else in my craft is my refusal to share certain things about the craft or about my craft. And um, that is my right. That is my boundary. I won't discuss, for instance, astral travel. I mean, that's a wonderful subject. And, you know, the government has declassified so many documents. You ought to go look up that stuff, honey. But my process and what I do... Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. That one's all mine, and I'm not sharing it. Most of my spells, all of these books of spells, most of them are not going anywhere. Every now and again, I'll share one that I think is it's okay. You know, it's okay to do. But I think a little bit of secrecy in the craft forces us to define the line between what is sacred to us in this craft and what is um. Well, aesthetic, commercialized, uh, to, for lack of a better word, BS. So what is very sacred to you? I think there should be a line somewhere, you know, somewhere. And sometimes I don't know where my line in the sand is on that secret stuff until someone kind of pushes. And I'm like, nope, (laughs) you're not getting it. Okay, I need to stop going long and going around the rosemary bush about everything. Let's get to it. That's three of them. I touched on this one. It's so big, I don't even know what to do with it. It's huge. And it's ego. Let's talk about ego. When I talk about it, I'm not talking about self-love. And I'm not talking about pride. And I think everyone does need to have a good, stable understanding and balance with their ego. When ego gets out of control, Matt children, you don't learn anymore. And I can't imagine entering the craft and not wanting to learn. So if you're unteachable, and I would posture that this even means for the folks that have been doing it for four decades, if you are unteachable, then you might as well quit. I mean, this does go into dogma. We'll get to it next. But number four is watch that damn ego. It's not the same as your boundaries. It's not the same as identity. Let me think of a story right quick. I knew this woman. She'd gone to school and gotten a degree in horticulture. She worked in horticulture, the field, and she really knew her stuff. I mean, really knew it. Every single Latin name for every single plant where it originated, how it grows. I mean, the woman was an encyclopedia, and she deserved honor for that. However, when anyone wanted to talk about the symbology of a plant or the actual magical nature of a plant, or I suppose the simple adoration of a certain element in botany, she would come in with a sledgehammer on that sucker, and start regurgitating all of her knowledge on this plant. Whether or not it was invited, whether or not anyone wanted to know. (laughs) You could simply put up a beautiful, you know, picture of a rose and say, Oh man, I love this rose. It's one of my very favorites. Look how pretty she is. And you would get a two paragraph, um, well, she would try to teach you (laughs) two paragraphs about this particular rose and it would kind of take a lot of the joy out of it sometimes because her cup was extraordinarily full (laughs) you know and there was nothing else to learn she would bop you over the head with that degree of hers just beat the shit out of you with it and you know what was that old saying much like penises and (laughs) religion Well, there's some things you just don't want to be bopped over the head with. (laughs) Well, at least unless that's your digs, do you. So it became a lot for me. It became where I didn't even want to talk to her anymore. And she would close off conversation. Her ego was just huge. And she might have a good warrant, you see. She might have a good warrant for that. But there was no more learning to be done not on her damn watch, you know. So, watch that ego. Last night, I had the Queen of Fairy Faith here at my house. I adore her. She's well, I don't know that she thinks she's a big ass deal, but believe me, she's a big ass deal. And um, and you wouldn't know it. <laughs> you would have no idea sitting in her company of this high priestess that she was a huge deal. You would never know it. Well, one of my students, Shannon does know it you know has done the research does know who she is and when we did that thing you know you do like you know you're reviewing a night and she was like oh my gosh I had so much fun last night and Linda is so wonderful to be around her because she just sits there and she participates and she asks questions and she's still so curious and and while she may think she knows some things She talked for about an hour last night around a fire about how she loves to be challenged. Uh Uh-huh. You see, her ego is not in the way of learning anything anymore. And I don't think it ever was. I think this human being was always looking to learn. Doesn't mean you need to hush up if you know you're right. I have another funny story. Gosh, I don't know if I'm going to get to number 13 here because I have another funny story. I had a friend, you know, we're not close anymore. We can't be. And one night, no, nope, one afternoon, we were sitting by her pool and uh, our kids were running and jumping and having a great time and our partners were like messing around with the grill. And I said that Annie Potts had been in the movie Pretty in Pink. This is so dumb. This is so dumb. <laughs> I realize how dumb it is as I'm saying it. <laughs> And uh, she was just insistent that she wasn't. And I was like, honey, I swear, I promise you. Like, I wasn't getting offended because a fact is a fact. (laughs) And, And I was like, come on, come on. So I grabbed my phone and I brought up the scene and then I brought up the credits. And I'm like, see, Annie Potts. And she became livid with me. I mean, this is a dumb analogy, but just try to stay with me livid, like furious, like her face red, because she had, you know, lost an argument. And it was a dumb argument. I was like, no, no, come on, come on, man, you just missed it. Maybe you've got her name mixed up in your head. I don't know. But here you go. And my husband walked by. And I I wish I could, looking back, I wish I could have said, stop. No, don't fucking say a damn word. (laughs) Don't say a word, honey. No. And it was only going to make things worse. And he leaned in and he said, seba's always right honey now what he had meant to say is i'm not always right y'all okay what he had meant to say is she ain't never gonna argue a point with you unless she is 100 certain and the reason for that i'd love to tell you is because i'm all noble and that i've always got my ego under control i wish i could say that to you wouldn't that be sweet that's not the reason the reason is i've fucking hate being wrong <laughs> and I'm not gonna let myself walk myself into a situation in which I look like an idiot if I can help it and I cannot always help it so I was sure you know I played it in my head I remembered certain interviews and I was positive and that's what he meant to say he meant to say if she's gonna argue with this with you you might want to give it up because she hates being wrong And she lost her ever-loving mind on him. Told him he didn't have balls and cut him down and emasculated him in front of everyone. It was just really a bad look. But that's what I mean about your ego, baby. You need to do your research and be absolutely certain. And, you know, the reason I went to the phone is I wanted to be sure. You know, we can still learn shit. And some of the things that I learn, some of those things are from new witches, it really is a new perspective. So, ego, watch it. But also, watch it in others, which brings us to number five. So, you want a teacher. You want a leader. I mean, maybe not all of you do, but say someone out there listening to the sound of my voice says, Yeah, that would be helpful. I do. I long for that. Uh-huh. Well, I wish that there was a ratemyprofessor.com for which teachers. <laughs> can, y'all, can we make that a thing? No, I don't think we should. It could get really ugly really quick. Let's not do it. Never mind. I take it back. But there should be some kind of system, and there's not. So in the professorial world, which I have worked in since the year 2000, in one capacity or the other, you can have your ass taken to town on a Rate My Professor. And a lot of times, and you can sift through the bullshit, you know, a lot of times it's, oh, they make me work too hard. All right. All right, Miss Ma'am, get on out of here. Your vote just proved I'm a good teacher. Or it could be that they had boundaries and wouldn't let you call them at home. (laughs) You can tell when it's kind of crap, right? You can tell. But there are teachers out there that in the professorial world, again, If they are consistently unfair or there's another issue with them, it begins to become evident on the site. There is not a place like this for us and therefore you need to watch out. Be very, very careful with teachers who have such overblown egos that they are no longer capable of learning and what they want instead is adoration. Listen to the sound of my voice. A teacher worth their salt already knows that this work is pretty thankless, honey. Mm Mm-hmm. It is. Yes, yes, energy exchange. And we do expect it. We're never going to get it in kind. It's never going to be equal. I mean, you know, not unless you want to paint my damn house. It is an act of service. It is a calling and if what a teacher wants instead is to never be questioned, is to always be validated by you, they've got some ego issues, hon. I mean, any teacher that is working their ass off deserves some kind of respect or you need to leave, right? You need to leave. We have our coven meats on the porch. I work very hard on these lessons. I don't want, you know, to be disrespected on my porch in the middle of trying to provide that information. However, there is a time after I, you know, do the best I can in presenting this information, where my students can call bullshit on me, or ask more questions, or say, I don't understand, or say, you know, that doesn't work for me. And then we have an open conversation about it, because you see, (laughs) I don't need my ego fed. And if that was my only premise, Well, then I'd be a cult leader, wouldn't I? So, something I wish I'd known. Watch out for those people. Watch carefully. How humanized are they being? How, I mean, you don't have to be humble, but how cool are they acting? Are they able to listen? Are they able to take questions? Be very careful with these people. And it's not on the list, and it's not what I have time for today. But watch out for predators. Anyone who's asking something of you that is too personal and too dear to you, they're already treating you like prey. So be careful. We're going to move on from this one. But if you do find a good teacher, take good care of them, too. And we're giving a lot of energy to this world. So number six, the one you cannot get me to shut up about. Hey, honey bunny, dogma will kill your magic. (laughs) I don't have time to go into it deeply. I've done it before in the past. I don't even remember what podcast I've done it in. I've probably done it in like 20. But this all ties into the sacred. You cannot hold the sacred in your hands and keep it from moving. The only way that it can retain its sacredness is to continue to move. You know, in a weird way, this does tie in to being able to ask questions of your teacher. <laughs> it has to move. It's a live thing. It, it's a moving energy. It cannot be encapsulated and thrown into a glass box. That becomes dogma. I mean, that becomes a relic of what it used to be. Honestly, all you got was a toenail cutting of the sacred. <laughs> that is not good enough. The sacred moving through you is probably the most magical thing you'll ever feel in your entire life. And it's 100% the foundation to witchcraft. I'm not talking about a deity in particular. I just mean the sacred magic incarnate. You've seen it before. You've seen it in a dog's eyes or a very old protective tree, a baby. You've seen it in a storm you know what the sacred is. It cannot be captured. It has to be experienced. So, if you are doing a ritual or doing a spell, and it has to be done the exact same way, every single time, and there's no deviations allowed, and do you see where I'm going? you ever seen a, a woods, a magical woods, always remain static? Uh-uh. So... That one's a deep one. That one's a long one. But do write that fucker down. Dogma is a magic killer. Traditions are fun. Rituals are wonderful. Dogma is a fucker. Get rid of it. Sorry, not sorry for the language today, y'all. I'm tired. I don't have time to clean up my mouth. Number seven. I'm going to have to kind of, I guess, uh, simplify this and go a little faster. So number seven is tools are just tools hmm. That's what they are. Now you can invest a lot of your energy into a tool and it will reverberate. I have a particular tool that other folks have tried to pick up and um, literally feels like they're getting shocked. So you can do that. But that tool doesn't become that without that energy being invested. Either by you, spirits, a higher power, another teacher, but it has to be invested. And why does this matter? Well, bat children, say you are, I'm in the current state of doing this bushcrafting. You're in the woods. You have no tools. (laughs) You have no tools. You have no athame. You have literally nothing, honey. And you need to do something. You need to do some crafting. I've always leaned on the whole idea, you know, in philosophy. I think it was Derrida. No, it was Michael Bakhtin. Of the signifier and the signified here. So if we're the signifier and say an athame is the signified, it doesn't have all that potency until we signify it. Okay. That means that we are in somewhat of a situation here. If we don't have it, we could accept that ourselves can be signified without a tool. Mm hmm. Our hands, our eyes, our bodies. We are also a tool that can be used. So I know it's really tempting to get that $200 Athame that has all the glitter and stuff. And that's fun. It's fun. And it might actually help you because you're so invested in the aesthetic of it. It might even be more potent for you in that manner. But at the end of the day, Most of my ancestors didn't have stuff like that. They just didn't. They used sticks and stones. And as my friend Deso says, sticks, stones, and chicken bones, baby. I mean, they're fun. Do not break your bank buying them. Okay? They're tools. Number seven. Sometimes a snake is just a snake. What the hell do I mean? What I mean is, we look for signs and everything, and as witches, we're hyper aware of those signs. I have had a snake cross my path and had another person who was with me who said, Oh, no, a snake crossed our path. (laughs) It must mean rebirth, rejuvenation. And I'm like, okay, honey, first of all, we are walking in the woods. We're in the country. Snakes are all around you all the time. I get it. You just saw the snake and you're not used to it. Okay. All right. However, it could just be a snake trying to cross the road. (laughs) You know, when is a snake not a snake? You know, what is it more than a snake when it just what what the hell's that? Okay, let me tell you. So there was that year that I had the rat snake literally crawl into my house and swallow my baby chicks whole. I don't know if y'all remember that episode. That was last year, and it was intense, and there was something else going on with that lesson. We'll leave it alone, stay focused. And that same year, a snake of a different variety I don't want to scare y'all, so I won't tell you what kind left its entire skin on my outside altar. I'm not kidding, shed the entire skin on my outside altar. That same year, I accidentally, well, I pet a copperhead. I didn't have my glasses on. I thought it was a rock and uh, thankfully did not get bit. I think there were four other incidents of snake that year that were way out of the norm. You know, in my house, on my altar, in my face going, hello, (laughs) what do I do with those kinds of signs? I'm not like other people. And so that's really important to know that we'll get to it that everybody has their own kind of magic. I don't use tarot and my other divination tools. I don't use them to um, find out what's going on or how well a spell's working or, or predict the future. I usually pay attention to signs and then bring in those divination tools to get some clarity. Mm-hmm. That's me. I'm very different as a witch, but that's me. And so when I did do that deck, um, out of my entire deck that I had, there was only one snake, and that was the first card I pulled. So, oh, and also that year, a little baby snake later on that winter, it was the very end of that year, died in my high tunnel, frozen with his little tiny mouth open, bless it, bless it, and I saved him. He's on my altar. That year, I knew, yeah, individually, they were all just snakes, Altogether, together, and with what was going on in my life, which I'll keep to my damn self, snake energy. <laughs> a lot of rebirth, a lot of shedding of skin, but sometimes, it's just a snake, honey. I got one out there, and her name's Henrietta, and I already saw her this year. I'm so happy to see her again. So glad she made it through the cold pretty sure she's busy laying her babies right now and i think she's just being a snake today (laughs) you know i've seen hawks i've seen so many hawks oh i saw another hawk Oh hawk and then one day i was trying to explain to somebody who was being very disrespectful we're sitting like six feet away from my altar that I had a particular animal familiar that would come to me and times that I was being challenged or threatened, and it was uh, the red-tailed hawk. And his response to that was very much, you're lying, you know, cut it out, bullshit. I called bullshit on you. And I said, no, seriously. And he was like, no, really, cut it out. And uh, And he was a pagan, so this was kind of fun. Um, anyway, his partner, his wife, was sitting there, too. And I finally got disgusted with it and just threw my hands up in the air and went, dude. And he was very disrespectful all the time to me. And I noticed kind of with women in general that he felt had any kind of, well, he thought power, you know, of some sort. <laughs> we all have power, dude. Stop being so scared. Um, and the, I think that he scoffed one more time, threw my hands up in the air. And I heard a screech. (laughs) I am not lying to y'all. Heard a screech. And a red-tailed hawk dove, brushed like the wind of his flight, brushed over this man's hair and lifted it and landed on my altar. And jerked its head around and looked right at him like, do we have a problem? (laughs) Four foot away. Man, aren't they magnificent that close up? When he flew off, his wife said, OK, show off <laughs> I'm like I didn't do it. So my point is, is sometimes it's not a sign and we don't need to get overly excited about it. But if we'll watch for the patterns and again, journal everything that can take away a lot of this. Uh, is it really, you know, is it live or is it Memorex? And there's only people of a certain age that are going to get that joke. And kind of help us build our faith. And if you're paying attention, everything I've told you up to now is starting to build on each other. Mm -hmm. Okay, number eight. Okay, I think I've messed up in my count somewhere and I don't feel like redoing the entire podcast. But yeah, this is number nine. I'm so sorry, y'all. You put up with me though, right? Come on, put up with me. I'm old. All right. Number nine. You will be better at some things than others. You hear these new witches and they're like, well, I've got to get really good at tarot and tea leaf reading and the pendulum. And I got to go get every rock out there and start that collection. And I need to learn how to astral travel and what the hell are chakras. And um, you get the idea? Uh-huh. And I'm not saying don't try it. I am saying that witches are as diverse and deliciously yummy different as anything else on the planet. And our skill sets and our magic and our energies are different. They just are. Um, We all know that if I go in that kitchen and I'm in a certain mood, I'm whipping up something that's going to make your eyeballs go back in your head, okay? And in a good way. Um, But, you know, other people can't necessarily do that. I'm really amazing at helping people get pregnant. That's an energy I have. I'm fairly good at tarot. I'm okay. It works for me. I do what I need to do for me. And if I have to do a reading for someone to help them out, I will. But I would never be a tarot reader online. That would never be what I would do. I wouldn't consider myself very skilled in that. It's not a gift I have. And that's okay. I don't think I'm less of a witch because of it. I know where I shine. So on you, witch, I feel like, you know, don't beat yourself up if something doesn't come naturally to you. If you really want to do it, keep studying. You will get better at it. But accept that you will be really great at some stuff. And maybe some things aren't for you. You see how dogma could really mess your mind up? If you were in a particular group where you had to do certain things, and if you didn't do them and you weren't good at them, then you weren't as good of a witch as everybody else, that could really fuck your head up real quick. And it's senseless, y'all. It is 100% senseless to try to fit every witch in a mold. In my coven, when my students get to second degree work, they do their found, They do their auditorships, and they do their found you know their first degree. Even the older witches will do it, and it's no fair to pass. And in their second degree, there are certain things that really do need to be done: books that need to be read, you know, thought processes. I love it when a witch argues with me about a book. I love it, you know, or has other thoughts I've never thought of. But one of the most important things they're going to do in that second degree. They're going to pick a specialty. Mm -hmm. I've had witches work on alchemy, kitchen witchery, woodworking, bushcrafting, library, you know, um, record keeping, story keeping, that kind of thing. It doesn't matter. What are you good at? I have one that's just wonderful at divination, animal spirit guides. It's important for them to be able to find that thing that they shine at. It doesn't mean they won't try to go back to the other things and learn them too if they want to. It means that one, honey bunny. We're going to really explore that. (laughs) You have a superpower. Let's go. So, remember. Well, I think more than remember the fact that I said not everyone's good at everything. Maybe more than that. Really focus on this. You are really good at something. Find out what that is. Number ten. Reach deep into your lexicon and all of your acculturation and remove binary terms from your lexicon and your understanding of the world. Get them out of there. Good witch, bad witch, light magic, dark magic, bullshit. I tell y'all what, I trust a witch that has been, you know, through some shit and struggles to do something that would put out wonder in the world a lot more than I trust one that has always just been loving light, tapping around in the damn butterfly and flowers. You don't know what they're made of. You don't know what they're made of because you don't know what they're capable of, right? If they haven't lost something, if they haven't struggled, I mean, they may be just as wonderful, but we're not sure, are we? Mm Mm-hmm. So... Remember that some of the most healing magic in the entire universe occurs in the dark. Think about it deep under the oceans. Think about what they do with a body if they need for it to go to sleep. If you've been through a heavy trauma, the dark has just as much potential of healing as the light. And be wary if someone says, always walking in the light, you know, always doing good is the only way to be some of the most bane work I've ever seen in my life happened in the light these binary terms I think we've been learning that as uh, a people in the last few years anyway right with humans they're they they do not serve us and they're lying <laughs> the world is a spectrum and so is magic remove these terms from your mind and learn who you really are and on what frequency you really work. I have a very serious code of ethics about what I will do and what I won't do. But I guess it just scares me when I hear a witch say, oh no, I would never do anything in dark magic. I would never. Oh no, just love and light, honey. Love and light. Well, I... Y'all do, y'all, but sometimes I have to fight the boogeyman, okay? And the boogeyman doesn't always look like you thought it would. I have kids to defend, a farm to defend, and uh, some of that work needs to be lightly dark. (laughs) Get it? See where I pulled off there? And we don't believe in sin, and we don't believe in hell. So could we stop doing these weird polarities? Can we just stop? Because it doesn't fit in nature. It doesn't fit in the natural world at all. And so we need to figure out where we fit in. And if we're still trying to categorize ourselves as a fairy tale, you get the idea. I do want to break in. We have a message from our sponsor, That Witch Life. And here it is. This is important information, you guys, and it's timely. So from That Witch Life, hey witches, Registration is now open for That Witch Life Minicon, a one-day virtual conference on April 1st. Join us from anywhere for a full day of workshops. Hillary is teaching a class on shadow magic, and Kanani is teaching a workshop on cauldron magic. Plus, a workshop by Najan Lightfoot called The Power of Inner Knowing, Beginner, Seeker, Practitioner, and a highly anticipated masterclass led by Theo Gade Parma called The Land is Our Grimoire, The Body is the Book. And yes, there will be raffle prizes and rituals and shenanigans. <laughs> of course there will. Witches. All classes will be recorded if you can't join us on the day. You'll get all the recordings later. Register at thatwitchlife.com today. Can't wait to see you there. All right, we're going to go back to our podcast now. Ready? Number 11, I'm going to run right over right quick. And that is you do not have to ascribe to a deity. You do not have to ascribe to a higher power. I do. The Great Mother and, and all of our faces. I mean, there have been times in my life where I've worked very close with um, ISIS. I've worked very close with the Morrigan. I tend to work with things that would work well with me. And I'm an Aries and I'm a fire sign. So you get the idea. I've worked even with Athena. Mm -hmm, Yes, I have. And there are a few others I'll keep to myself. But in my understanding and don't, I mean, understand that this is just me. And we've got to let witches be you. They're going to do it anyway. But let them be who they are. And the way I understand it, the way I was taught and the way I feel it. Is that these are all of her, the Great Mother Goddess's faces. To different people, different cultures, different times. And she has different energies in those faces. So, this is who I work with. However, I know people who worship male deities. Both female and male. Nothing at all. The trees. (laughs) You know. Do you? I've even got a lot of Christopagan friends who... Work with, you know, the the idea of Christ and all the energies of the woods. Look, it's not my business. It's not for me to determine. And that getting out of the idea of binaries again will help you get out of this argument about how other people are worshiping. See, I told you. It's all going to link together in the end. (laughs) Okay, so do you find what you believe in and explore that shit okay number 12 all right y'all this one's kind of a touchy one stay out of the drama as much as possible stay out of the drama as much as possible it is a magic killer as well it's everywhere and honey some witches just thrive on this they do And while chaos can be really, really useful, and I'll tell you how in a minute, getting drawn into a riptide is just not the same as working with chaos magic. And you don't want to be collateral damage. And it has its, uh, you know, it has its thrills to participate in this and go to battle, and especially on social media. It is antithetical to the witch soul to involve themselves. Sometimes other people will involve us, and that is a very hard extrication sort of process you have to go through. And you might have to battle them, but definitely not with drama. Never use the tools of the oppressor in the exact same ways they're using it. You want to really kind of fuck with their head, right? (laughs) But you don't want to become part of it. So to stay outside of it, you make choices. Put yourself first. Put your mental health first. Put your magic first, and your family, whatever your priorities are, and you need to decide that really early on in the craft, honey. And those things get nurtured first. I fail at my own advice about once every two years, and I automatically regret it when I do. <laughs> I do. I just I'm not doing it. And yeah, there's a lot of attention sinking you'll find, and. People that are super popular on the interwebs. And I suppose there is some, I guess, excitement you can get out of that. It will take up all of the time that you could be spending, learning something, casting something, getting in connection with something and building community with someone. We have limited resources within a day, don't we? consider this drama will strip you of everything walk away i feel like that one should be its own episode okay we're gonna move though because i gotta finish oh i didn't tell y'all about working with chaos magic um you know if someone sends that kind of energy at you or is really stirring it up and chaos magic in and of itself is not we gotta get away from terms like bad right And even destructive. I mean it can also be a force of um, creation. It can be quite wonderful. But if someone were to shoot you. Something like this into your life. One of the spells I've seen. That some. um, Well witches that I wouldn't want to be friends with. Have done. Is to throw that kind of shit. At your life. So that you're way too busy. Putting out little small fires. In your daily. You know goings on. To be able to notice that they're about to send something way bigger. mm-hmm, It's to keep you busy. It is. I've actually seen this happen. I've actually known of someone doing this. And not just as the recipient, and I have been that. But on the other side, this person sharing with me, uh, this is a methodology. I've been loath to talk about it in episodes because I'm very afraid that someone would use it for ass that wasn't justified with someone. I don't condone that. I don't think that's cool. But just like anything, that shit could be used to do some wonderful things. Just know that most drama, it's not not the same as chaos. And I don't like people talking about chaos like she's a bitch. So. And the very last thing, number 13. Witches have mental health issues just like everyone else. When I was a little girl, my mama, who was one, was a mental health professional, did not want me going to mental health professionals. And she used to tell me why. She, she didn't want me to go because they blame it all on the parents. I remember her saying that. And so I missed the opportunity to go to a lot of therapy when I was younger. That is not the case anymore. I go to therapy when I need to when I can afford to, come on, let's get our medicine situation worked out better in this country, y'all. We don't need to think that we're above it. Just because we're magical human beings, just because we work in the craft, our mental health can be just as affected as anyone else. So new witches out there, you know, it could be as simple as if you get depressed and you think, well, I'm a witch, I should pull myself out of this. Bullshit. Honey, don't do that to yourself. You deserve all of the health care that anyone else does. And finally, I think what I would say for a new witch is don't forget that there should be fun here. It's a life. It is a daily life. It is a life practice. It shouldn't be a job that you're doing on top of the other jobs you have to already do. It should be something that you could incorporate into everything that you do within a day. So remember, it should also be fun sometimes. There should be laughter in it. It should be a support system, not drudgery. Witchcraft should never be that. All right, y'all. I suppose that's enough for today. I hope I didn't go too long on it, and I hope it was valuable to some new witch out there. And I wanted to give my shout-outs for Patreon today. and Those would be going out to Tracy, Heather, Spruce, Kimberly, Jen and Mary. Y'all are keeping this podcast on the air and making it very likely that one of these days I can do longer content, as you are seeing of late. (laughs) And that is what I eventually want to do. So thank you for that support and welcome to the Bat Children family. All right, y'all, I'm out of here. I have an asparagus patch I need to be working on today And spring does indeed look upon us down here. Love y'all like chicken. Talk to y'all next week. Blessed be. Y'all have been listening to the Southern Fried Witch Podcast. Come back around next week for a little bit more magic from the deep south.